The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, everybody, and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference. My name is Kyle Bruce, and I'll be your moderator for today's show. I'm joined by co-authors Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage, our experts on management techniques, the research behind them, and why effectively implementing them can make a difference. Today's topic for discussion is how managing to make a difference requires managers to apologize and forgive. This topic comes from chapters 9 and 10 of Larry and Kim's book, Managing to Make a Difference. So I'm going to turn it over to Larry and Kim to open us up to tell us more about apologizing and forgiving, which is kind of a fun topic. Yeah, this is connected to the need to be right. A lot of managers and leaders don't like to apologize. You can see this uh, going on right before your very eyes from leaders who are in the public eye every day. You'll see some of those leaders who absolutely will not admit that they were wrong about something and will not apologize. And here's a message to all our listeners who are leaders or managers. You are delusional if you think that the employees who report to you believe that you never make a mistake. Uh, and and it, it doesn't serve you well to take that posture when you're dealing with people. So the point here is, when you do make a mistake, be a human being. Apologize for it, sincerely apologize for it, and do what you can to make it right, to fix it, to correct it. But whatever you do, let people know that you're aware that you've made a mistake and that you're sincerely apologetic about it. Kim, what do you say? Well, as you said, uh, we have some very specific examples of that right in front of us right now. I, I know earlier this week I read a headline that was, after four failed attempts, United CEO finally makes a satisfactory apology. I'm sure it wasn't that word for word, but that was how it sounded. And there are times when you can think you're making an apology, and you really aren't. It's not coming across as a sincere apology. Um, So there are ways, there are better and worse ways to make apologies, and you ought to at least be trying. We can maybe help you do it more effectively. Is there any research connected to this? Uh, There actually is. Um, There's a, a very interesting piece of research that I'm aware of on the structure of an effective apology. Um, it's by Roy Lewicki and some of his colleagues. Um, he, he talks about the idea of a comprehensive apology, that apologies involve more than just saying, I'm sorry. Um, they involve more than just asking for forgiveness, because re- in, the, in reality, when you ask someone for forgiveness, you're, you're almost continuing to add to their cost. It costs something for people to decide to forgive you. And you need to make it worth that cost for them. 
So the way that you can do that is to acknowledge your own responsibility, clarify where you went wrong, what you were responsible for, and how you didn't meet your end of the bargain. That's number one. And number two is to make an offer of repair. Figure out a way that you can make it right with that person. Um, This is shifting the cost away from them and toward yourself. And those are the two most important things, according to the research, that you can do to make an effective apology. There are other parts of the comprehensive apology that we talk about in the book, but those are the top two. And I would, I would add to that as I'm listening to you explain this, I'm thinking about one of the important steps that Alcoholics Anonymous teaches, which is to make amends. And it, 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 of course, is exactly what you just said, to own it and then to, and to sincerely apologize and do what you can to repair it and to at least make amends. And the reason I'm thinking of this is, in addition to what you just said, it's helpful for the person who is making the amends, who is making the sincere apology. It's better for your health, and it allows you to move on because the person may not forgive you, you, and you may not be able to make it right, but you will know in your heart of hearts and soul, that person, that the apology is sincere. There's one of the, there's a story I didn't write about in the book. And that is in, in a former life, when I was general manager of the Ritz Carlton at Tyson's Corner, Virginia, we had a big function there and it was a very dressy function. And people, women were wearing mink coats. Men were wearing tuxedos. It's, it was winter. Women were wearing, wearing mink coats. And we had five mink coats stolen from this function. And uh, the, the host, uh, and, and, uh, and unfortunately, it was the host's wife and several of her friends. This was a major birthday party, a milestone birthday party. And two of the five mink coats were heirlooms that at no cost could they ever be replaced because of their sentimental value. And I did everything in my power to apologize to the host and his wife and to make it right monetarily and in, in, in every other way that it was within my power. And you know what? They just weren't moved to forgive me. But I know and they know that I really did feel terrible about it and I owned it and I made what offers I could to repair the damage. So it's, it, it allows the person who owes the apology to, to move on because there, there isn't anything else you can do in many respects. And if there is something, do it. So, you know, I'm thinking about this from a standpoint of like a young manager, a young leader, Kim and Larry. You know, so what if I'm a, I'm a millennial, let's just say, and I've, I moved into a management or leadership role. Millennial? You have blemishes well, that are I, older than millennial. I, I'm giving a for instance. Here. Okay. okay. Right. Um, but, well, let's just say that I am younger. I feel like a millennial, right? Um, so, but 
you know, as a millennial, I have uh, teams, perhaps, of individuals maybe that are, are more senior than I am. And I'm, you know, I'm a new millennial manager. I want to show my mettle as a, as a leader manager. If I show weakness by sort of showing faults and having to apologize, if I show that sort of weakness, won't they stop respecting me as a manager? That's not weakness. That is strength. Otherwise, they'll, see, they'll believe you're, you're not self-aware. Otherwise, they, they all know you made a mistake. And if you don't acknowledge that you made a mistake, they're going to lose respect for you because they're going to say, what does this guy think? We're idiots. He made a mistake. We can all see it. He can see it. Why doesn't he just own it and apologize to us? That's all we want from him. They, they, people do not want managers whose arrogance is so pervasive that they can't admit when they have a mistake. That is not the way you make a difference in people's lives. When you admit to your mistake, then you're building a relationship and you're demonstrating your own integrity. Kim, would you like to add anything? I think you're spot on, Larry. I think as you were asking that question, Kyle, I was thinking to myself about two different ways you can think about the word right. Um, the word right is, can be, are you right on the content, on this issue, for this specific moment? Are you right or are you wrong? If you're a young manager who's trying to develop your influence, it's a lot less important whether or not you're right in every instance than it is whether you are in the right kinds of relationships with the people that you're dealing with. And you need to get over the need to be right and focus more on building those right kinds of relationships with people. Being willing to apologize is one of the ways that you do that. Most of our listeners have been in a situation where they had to make a choice about whether or not to apologize to a customer. Whatever you call your customers, you may call them clients, you may call them guests, you may call them patients, but whatever you call the recipient of your goods and services. Most of the people listening here have been in a position where they had to make a choice, am I going to apologize or not? And we've all heard the phrase, the customer's always right. And we all know in our heart of hearts, that's not true. What that phrase means, of course, which we also know, is that you must treat customers as if they were right not that they are right. And so many of our listeners have been in a situation where they've chosen to apologize to a customer when they knew they did not do anything wrong. And I, I can't tell you how often I did this. And if you don't apologize to the customer, and Kim was talking about the right kind of relationships, if the customer thinks you were wrong, then if you don't apologize to the customer, you are making that relationship worse. And in the worst case scenario, it could cause you to lose a customer. Here's something I learned from Mr. Horst Schultze, who is a legendary hotelier and world expert on excellent service. Here's what he taught us. It's not whether you spill the soup on the guest it's what you do after you spill the soup on the guest. So oftentimes, when a customer 
thinks they have been wronged in some way or they didn't get the value they expected to get and you have that choice, that's a moment of truth. And if you start with a sincere apology and an offer to make it right, you can gain more loyalty from that customer in that moment than you might have gained had everything gone perfectly. So those are opportunities to build your relationships. And oddly, people see this when it comes to customers. They see the importance of apologizing when it comes to customers, but somehow they don't see it when it comes to their employees because they see it as a sign of weakness. It is not a sign of weakness. So, Larry, you know, sometimes some managers and are pretty confident, maybe uh, individuals are just, you know, and I'm just not going to apologize to that guy. You know, and he's he's a jerk or, you know, where their their ego gets in the way. How, how do you get somebody past that? You just have to make the decision to put your ego aside. That has nothing to do with strength. As a matter of fact, it has to do with insecurity. If you refuse to apologize to me, that's a sign of insecurity. All right. Well, I see that we are at a uh, break here. So uh, please join us after the break in just a few moments. Uh, we're going to continue talking about apologizing, but also forgiveness. And also today, we're going to be answering questions in our last segment. Uh, we've got a lot of listeners who sent in questions. Uh, and as you all know, our radio show is a lot better when we do have listener input. So if you have questions, uh, feel free to email us your management questions, and we'll address those during uh, this or future shows. All you have to do is just click the email host button above the podcast description and we'll add those topics into a future podcast so join us after the break to hear from larry and dr kim the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, 
strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference this afternoon. We've been talking to Larry and Kim about apologizing and forgiveness and its importance in the effective management of others. This this topic does come from Chapters 9 and 10 of Larry and Kim's book, Managing to Make a Difference. So uh, Larry and I have a bit of a running joke that typically anything that happens that goes wrong in in, our work together, it's it's my fault. No matter what it is, it's my fault. So I just like... Would like to officially on air officially apologize for whatever uh, it is I did today that was more than likely my fault. So you too, Kim. Sorry, I, I screwed everything up. Whatever it was, just there, it's done. It's out of the way for the day. Yeah, that's uh, thank you very much, Kyle. <laughs> I, I accept your apology, and for all of our listeners, this really is a joke. Uh, it it uh, we don't take any of this too seriously. Uh, we take the the lessons seriously, but not ourselves. I want to I want to tell a story that is in the book just to illustrate the power of apologizing. There was a time when I led a team here at, at Talent Plus a team of road warriors. These were consultants and we were on the road at least 3 weeks a month and often more than 3 weeks a month. Uh, and the company decided that to help new employees get acclimated and understand what the other teams did, other than the team that they had joined, that we would all make brief videos about to tell the rest of the company what we did. So I took four consultants. And we decided to do our video at the airport because that was a big part of our lives, was being at the airport. So we did our, our video at the airport, and in the course of that, one of the consultants spontaneously decided to thank another team of people who were supporting us, making our travel arrangements, coordinating with the client, and getting us set up to have highly successful consulting visits. And they, they were brilliant at this, so we thanked them for it. When we got back, and this team had the opportunity to view our video, they became very upset. They thought we were trivializing the work that they did. We were not. I I can assure everyone that we were absolutely, that we had no intent whatsoever to trivialize the work they did, but that's the way we received it. And what they, so they went to their supervisor and their supervisor called me in and said, Larry, here's what's going on. And I immediately just offered to make a public apology to those people, even though we had done nothing wrong and our our intent was pure. So I got together with the team. I made a public apology and we erased that part of the video. So it it completely disappeared. And my relationship with them was much more important to me than being right. I had a, that was a moment of truth. 
I could have argued with them. I could have put on a case. I could have said, come on, you know us. You know we would never do that uh, to you. However, I didn't do any of that because I had to, to view the world through their eyes and honor how they were feeling about the situation. And when I did that, the whole situation just evaporated. They really appreciated what I did. I did it sincerely, but I had to give up my attachment to being right. Being right is highly overrated. Kim, you wanna add anything? One of the things that comes to mind as I hear you relay that story is two different ways you can say I'm sorry that feel very different uh, as they come across. And we've all had both of these kinds of apologies. One way is to say, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. (laughs) Yeah, that's not That puts it off on me, right? (laughs) That doesn't help. That's not a sincere apology. What is a sincere apology is saying, I'm sorry that what I did made you feel that way. Because now you really own it. And and so if you're going to apologize, get really clear with yourself about what you're going to own there and how you can clearly communicate to the other person that you own it, not them. The other thing to do is ask the person what you can do to make it right, what you can do to atone for this problem. And believe me, if particularly in a business, in a customer service situation, oftentimes... All the customer really wants is for you to acknowledge what happened, that it was wrong, and for you to sincerely apologize. In, in many cases, that will be all they want if it is sincere. And your employees, the same thing. Sometimes somebody wants more. However, you can't assume you know what is going to be adequate to atone for the problem. I, I, I tell you this story. This is a customer story, but... It it illustrates my point. So at one time, as I've mentioned before, I was the general manager of the Ritz-Carlton Tyson's Corner. And there were other Ritz-Carlton's in the general Washington, D.C. area. And guests often would stay in one hotel and then move to another for, for purposes that had nothing to do with, with the service and had everything to do with what they wanted to accomplish while they were in Washington. So at any rate, we had a – so we were we were – we were frequently transferring luggage from one hotel to another hotel. And on one instance, for whatever reason, we never figured out why this mistake happened, but we transferred a guest's luggage from the Ritz-Carlton Tyson's Corner to the Ritz-Carlton in downtown Washington, D.C. And this guest, when I talked to him, he was in the limo on the way to the airport, to Dulles International Airport, where he was catching a flight to Tokyo. And he didn't have any luggage with him because we had transferred it wrongly to the downtown Ritz-Carlton. And so I I get this phone call from this guest and he explains to me what happened. And of course, I started with an apology. Then I said to him, what can I do to make this up to you? And he said, Buy me a first-class ticket. Get me upgraded to first-class on this flight. I have meetings. Immediately when I land, 
I'm going to be taken to my very first meeting, and if I fly first class, I'll be much fresher by the time we land in Tokyo. That's what you can do. And I said to him, if there is a first class seat open on this flight, I will make sure you get it. And that's what we did. And there was one, and we did put him in first class. Now, when it comes to customers, I want you to think about what the effects of this are. This guy is, what do people ask you when you've just flown from Washington, D.C. to Tokyo? What do your colleagues there in Tokyo ask you? They say, how How was your trip, right? (laughs) And what's this person going to say? He's going to, to say, you know, the hotel really screwed up. They lost my luggage, and it's still on the way here. It didn't come with me. But when the general manager asked me what he could do to make up to it, I make up for it. I asked for a first-class ticket, and he got it for me. Now, that person is going to be giving us rave reviews, even though we screwed up. It's not whether you spill the soup on the guest. It's what you do after you spill the soup on the guest. And that was going to pay dividends for us. I was happy to do it. We can do the same thing with our employees, ladies and gentlemen. When we make a mistake as a manager or a leader, we can do whatever we can do to atone for it. Larry, that reminds me of the uh, the old saying, the old adage of, you know, when you find yourself in a hole, what do you do? And the first thing you, you're supposed to do is stop digging, um, you know, focus on how you can uh, get yourself out of that hole. And that's about apologizing. Um, but we also talk about forgiveness and, and to forgive people. Let's let's turn that over there to the to the next topic of, you know, we've talked about apologies, but also talking about, you know, forgiving, um, you know, in, in our you know, one of the, the people that I know really well has the best clear button um, I've ever seen. Um, there's somebody where something happens and you you mess up and you ask for apology. That person forgives. Says, yep, I understand it. It was human error. But then they, they don't necessarily forget, but they hit the clear button. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, let's keep moving. Um, you know, they're not emotionally attached to whatever was broken or went wrong. What are your thoughts on forgiveness, both Larry and Kim? Well, We've only got a couple more minutes here until our next commercial. That's probably my fault. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I forgive you. Okay, thank you. Um, but I, I'm just going to start with a quotation that we have in the book. At the end of this chapter, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. And that is a quotation from Mahatma Gandhi. The weak can never forgive Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong of the strong. And when we come back, Kim is aware of some research about the benefits of forgiveness. So when we come back, we're going to start with that. I like our listeners to think about a time when you have forgiven someone. I mean genuinely and sincerely forgiven someone. Who has wronged you in some way? And I'd like you to think about how that felt for you and what happened next in your relationship. Because you can call on your life experience to really understand at a visceral level why forgiveness is important. 
Well, thanks, Larry. And that's a perfect segue to go into our break. And just to remind all of our listeners, if they haven't pre-ordered their book yet, uh, their copy of Managing to Make a Difference is available at Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. And if you're following uh, Kim Turnage on the social uh, media out there somewhere, you may have seen a actual physical copy of the cover of Managing to Make a Difference uh, pre, uh, she sort of pre-launch and she has it in her hand. So very exciting. So pre-order your book now and we'll be back in just a few moments. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. If you are just joining us today, we've been discussing the importance of apologizing and forgiveness and its impact on relationships, especially in the workplace. Before we left, Larry was telling us, uh, started out with a quote uh, from Gandhi about uh, how apologies are for the strong, not the weak. So I'll turn it back over to Larry to continue his thought. Well, I actually completed that thought and I was going to ask Kim Turnage to say a few words about what she's found doing a little research about forgiveness. Well, I think there's a lot of great research out there. Fred Luskin, for a number of years, has been leading the Stanford Forgiveness Projects. And if you're really interested in forgiveness and you're interested in exploring it from all angles, that is an excellent place to start. Um, here's, the, here's the bottom line of what I think Fred Luskin would say. It's less about forgetting 
and it's more about letting go. You know, it's it's less about forgetting what happened, and it's more about deciding that you're not going to let it weigh you down anymore. And that's what forgiveness really is and, and where the power of it is. And letting go has some health benefits, yes? Most definitely. Um, you can change your health. You can change how aggressive you feel. You can change your blood pressure. <laughs> you can change, um, in, in the workplace, it changes how likely people are to collaborate. It changes the level of trust between people. In fact, it increases productivity, decreases absenteeism. These are the kinds of bottom-line impacts you can get in your business if you can cultivate a culture of forgiveness. As Kyle was saying in the previous segment, if you can be the kind of person who can press the clear button and if you can help other people press the clear button, things are going to go wrong. But if you can create a culture of forgiveness, you're going to wind up in a much better place as a business and as a leader. I can, I can tell you, for many, many people, this is not easy. This takes some effort, and it takes some practice. But if you, one of our listeners even, just one, if you have the right intent, if you practice this, you may not be able to do it all the time, or it may take a while, particularly if the, the wrong that you have suffered is a major, serious, and profound wrong, it may take a while to get to a point where you can sincerely say, I have forgiven that person. And as Kim says, it doesn't mean you forgot. It's not like it never happened. But it really has a lot of health benefits to forgive because when you keep ruminating on something that has been done wrong to you, all of these negative feelings have very serious continuing health consequences. I can tell you, one of the ways I learned this was when I was on the receiving end of my boss forgiving me for a terrible, terrible uh, mistake that I made at, at one point. And then he's passed away. But at this point in time, my boss was a gentleman by the name of Mr. Phil Lombardi. And he was the senior vice president of human resources for Hyatt Hotels. And at this time, I was the corporate director of training for Hyatt, and he asked me to produce a training program on a particular topic for the front desk. And I hired uh, a group of professionals. They wrote the curriculum under my direction. We, at that point, we were still, we weren't doing videos. We were doing films. We went and we filmed what we needed to film for the training. We wrote scripts, et cetera, et cetera. This was a major major deal. Cost the company a lot of money. And my boss, Phil Lombardi, introduced this training program at the annual Hyatt general managers meeting. This particular one was being hosted by the Hyatt in Lake Tahoe at the time. And Phil Lombardi proudly introduced this program and the general managers hated it. I mean, hated it. At the end of his presentation, they were uncharacteristically mean. They were saying, that program is not going to be presented in my hotel. That's terrible, blah, blah, blah. And it was all on me. It was absolutely all on me. 
Uh, one of the worst experiences in my entire professional career, I assure you. I was mortified because I was sitting there while all this was going on. And after the that part of the conference <laughs> concluded, uh, I went to Phil Lombardi to tender my resignation. And in our conversation, he had already, he told me that he had already tendered his resignation to the president of the company. And the president rejected his offer and Phil rejected mine. And here's the punchline. He never mentioned it again. We had our conversation about it. I couldn't have been more apologetic to him. He did not, and he just, when we were done saying what we had to say, he had emotionally rehired me, and he never brought that incident up again. That, at, on the receiving end of that kind of forgiveness, it's hard for me to put into words the depth of loyalty that that earned him from me. So that's just a, a real-life example of what it feels like to be on the receiving end of that. And I, I hope our listeners have been on the receiving end of that kind of genuine forgiveness because that can bring about a change in your intent and your behavior when people have wronged you in some way. So, so Larry, did you have a great relationship with Phil before this incident? I did, yes. So you said it increased your loyalty to him, you know, but did it, did it change your relationship? Did it improve or did it stay about the same or uh, obviously it increased your loyalty to him, obviously, but um, yes, the answer is yes. It did. Imp- our relationship got better as a result of that. So when we think about then apologizing and forgiveness, it's really about relationships, but even more so about the caring aspect of those relationships. You know, do you care about somebody enough to sort of say, hey, I'm sorry I did this, I, you know, I, this is my bad, but then more so to say, you're right, I forgive you, uh, let's move on. The letting go part is a, you know, about relationship, but about caring in many ways, not about, as we'd said already, ego and being able to get past that. Um, I'm having difficulty not breaking into song, you know, from Frozen, Let It Go. It, it just, it's in my head every time we talk about, you know, forgiving somebody and letting it go. So that's what's ringing in my head and I can't get it out. So if if you can't, perhaps maybe we just need to, you, know, you can't let it go. Maybe we just need a theme song for forgiveness and apparently it's it's Frozen or something like that. Fair enough. You have to be able to give up your attachment to being right all the time. And as Kyle said, and as Kim said, you have to show the person that your relationship is more important to you than being right. And this is going to build your relationship. And I'm just compelled to point out that there are several major religions who place a very strong emphasis on the power of forgiveness. And whether or not you're religious isn't my point. My point is that the power of forgiveness has not only been verified scientifically, but it's a major element of the value system of many of the world's uh, greatest religions. And that should that should tell us something. Kim, would you like well, to add I, anything? I think, yeah, I think we have to think about what forgiveness does for you. 
the reality is that there are going to be times in your life when you're harboring something that it, it may be with a person you're no longer even in relationship with anymore. And a powerful question was asked to me uh, many years ago. Do you hold a grudge? And my answer was a very ambiguous, not for very long. <laughs> but I kept reflecting on that question, and I realized that I had held a grudge in my life against someone for a few decades. And it still took me about seven years to get to the point where I was, that was working its way out and I could do something about it. And despite the fact that I wasn't in relationship with that person, I was able to call that person and say, hey, I just want you to know that I know things between us have not always been great, and I just want you to know it's all good. It's all good. And we can renew the relationship if you want to. We don't have to. I just want you to know it's all good. That was like taking a 2,000-pound weight that I didn't know I was carrying around in my soul off and setting it down. How did the person respond? You know, <laughs> I think in some ways in a little, with a little bit of sort of befuddlement because <laughs> I was carrying this around and I don't think that person was. And that's the point. Sometimes you just have to let go of that stuff yourself. That person doesn't even know they wronged you or they don't know the extent to which they hurt you. But you keep hurting yourself by hanging on to it. And when you let go of it, it frees you up for a lot more positive kinds of interactions, either with that person or with others. So to bring this back to the big picture, managing to make a difference in the lives of the people who report to you, mm -hmm. I assure you, however difficult it may be for any individual who's listening, if you work at sincerely apologizing when you have done something wrong and making sincere efforts to make it right and to fix it, and on the other side of the coin, forgive others who have done something wrong. If you work at those two things, you are going to increase the likelihood of making a significant, positive, and lasting difference in the lives of the people who report to you. Well, thank you, Larry and Kim, on talking about uh, apologies and forgiveness. I know everyone wants to hear more, but we do need to take a quick break. So hold your thoughts, what you're thinking about there, and we are going to come right back with more insights. And we're also going to answer some questions from listeners. So we'll be right back in just a few moments. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. 
Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back, everybody, to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. For our last segment today, we are going to answer listener questions. And I've got one here from Joe uh, for Larry and for Kim. And this is uh, really pertinent to, to what's going on in, um, in pop culture right now. So Fox News is trending right now in the news because of uh, the Bill O'Reilly allegations. So what would be your advice to managers or management of companies that uh, may have been told complaints in meetings with their employees but chose to keep it somewhat under wraps? You know, perhaps things could have turned out differently for the brand and culture of Fox News if somebody had been more public. What what advice would you give to somebody who might be in a similar situation? My Oh, please, Kim. Go ahead. <laughs> I've got a line on that um, based on the research. Study up on what that comprehensive apology looks like. You know, take responsibility for what you've done. Take responsibility for where you've been. Make amends. Make it right with the people you can make it right with. And move down the list because one of the other things on the list is figure out how you're going to make sure that never happens again. And communicate what your commitment is to the future so that that never happens again. That Adding that element to the apology would make a huge difference in that situation. I, I will add to that. I certainly agree with that. I'm going to add to that an element that deals with your own integrity because maybe you're not the one who committed the wrong. And let's talk about sexual harassment. Let's, I mean, that's what happened. That's what allegedly happened in the Bill O'Reilly case. And the company paid uh, women a total of $13 million uh, to go away, whether it happened or not. Uh, and, and let's just assume for a minute a hypothetical where it has happened. And somebody comes to you as a manager and says, this happened. I'm, I'm upset about it. It's wrong. It shouldn't have happened. It happened to me. This has happened to me, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, several times during my career. There was one point where I was a vice president of human resources for a particular company, and a young lady made a complaint that a very, very senior officer in the company had kissed her without her approval in any way, shape, or form, and she was very upset about it. And people said to me, 
Larry, you cannot, if you go in and tell this senior executive that this complaint has occurred, you're likely to get fired. And let's forget for a moment what my legal rights might have been and might not have been, et cetera, as a practical matter. And I, I honestly felt very good about saying to this advisor who really was concerned about me that I, I just said, you know what? This is my job. And if this individual is going to fire me because I'm doing my job on behalf of the employees of this company, then I'm going to have to accept that. But I, I'm not going to go to sleep tonight knowing that I, I decided not to do my job because I was worried about whether or not I would remain employed. And the rest of this story is, by the way, that I did not have to do this. I asked the young lady what she wanted, it, it, what would satisfy her, and all she said was, I, I want an apology and a, an assurance this never happened again. She didn't want money. She didn't want anything else. She just wanted an apology from this individual and an assurance that it never happened again. It so happened that another senior executive who was also concerned about whether or not I would be fired assured me that he would go in and tell this very, very senior person, deliver the message instead of me. And in fact, that's what happened. The message was delivered. But when you are in management or anywhere in life, but let's just, we're talking about management, making a difference in people's lives. One of the things that makes a difference in people's lives is how you demonstrate your integrity to your own values every single day. This is one of the things that happened in Wells Fargo. People were being pressured on their sales, and many of them succumbed to the pressure by illegally opening accounts and charging people for them. And there were numerous people who were aware of this and didn't stand up and say this is wrong. There were numerous people who did, and they were ignored, but there were numerous people who knew about it didn't stand up, didn't say this is wrong, weren't willing to accept the consequences. They were more worried about their wallet or something else. As a manager, one of the most important things you can do is maintain your integrity to your values. And you don't know the strength of someone's integrity until it costs them something to stand up. You know, it's great to have integrity when the weather is good. But when the weather is bad, that's when you find out how strong someone's integrity is. And I can assure our listeners that your people are watching and they're going to see the strength of your integrity. I once had a situation where a person from another culture, I think I told this story before, but uh, it's, it's relevant here. A person from another culture struck a housekeeper in my hotel, and this person was connected with the embassy from his country, and he had diplomatic immunity, and everybody told me we were going to lose all the business from the embassy, and it was a lot of business. And I said, I don't care. I had the guy arrested. And I cannot tell you what that did for me as a leader in terms of how people viewed me and how much they appreciated that I would stand up for them. And that individual did exercise his diplomatic immunity, uh, but the embassy sent him home. Uh, as a result of this. So in those moments of truth, you have to stand up for what's right, no matter the cost. 
Well, and to put Thanks, a point Larry. on that, Kim? Larry, as a manager or a leader, you know, your responsibility for what you need to be willing to apologize for goes past your own stuff. And it goes all the way out into everything that you're responsible for as that leader and all the people for whom you are responsible. I agree. Well, thank you both. I've got one more quick question from Felicia, and what she wants to know is what about employees that aren't having one-on-one meetings? This goes back to a couple of podcasts ago, but um, what about employees who do not have one-on-one meetings regularly, but they want them uh, because they want to grow and develop more in the company? What would you suggest they do to bring it up with their manager? How should they do that? Do you have some tips? Yeah, the tip is simple. The execution may be more challenging. Is just ask. Go into your manager and say, listen, I would like to meet with you periodically, and here's what I'd like to cover in those meetings, and would this be okay? Rarely will somebody say no, but if they do say no, you're in exactly the same position you are now, which is you're not having any of those meetings. So there's really no downside to asking for this, and the manager may really appreciate it. So I understand this is easier said than done. However, I encourage you to just go in and ask. Well, great. Well, that is most of the show for today. We've got a couple of things here. I want to ask Larry and Kim because our next podcast is going to be uh, titled Cultivate a Great Relationship with Your Boss. And we're going to have some guests actually join the show. So could you give the audience a little bit of a preview for what we're going to be talking about next show? Yeah, managing up is an important topic for everyone. And so in our book, Managing to Make a Difference, we both agreed that this is a topic that needs to be addressed because it's important to everyone who might read the book and to everyone who's listening. So we spend most of our time talking about relationships with people who report to you, but we know that in your life, as in everyone's life, their relationship with their manager is very, very important. So that's why we want to cover it. And we've invited uh, a couple of guests to talk about their own relationship and what that's done for them. Well, that's our folks. Or that's our folks. That's our show today, folks. Thanks everybody for joining us. Thank you to Dr. Kim and to Larry, our favorite radio show personalities, uh, for providing their insights on the impacts of apologies and forgiveness and how they can uh, make a difference to your employees. Just as a reminder to our audience, if you do have questions or comments, uh, just click simply click on the email host button just above the podcast description, and we'll work those topics into future shows. And if you haven't pre-ordered your copy yet, Managing to Make a Difference is available on Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. So we'll see you next time for more tips with Larry and Dr. Kim. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then, put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.